You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Hour 2, Utah Car Sense. Austin Horton, Jeff Miller with you. We got a lot more stories to talk about. We're taking your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE. Poll question this week, what do you love and hate about your current car? You can also call and comment or question it or tell a story about any topic, you'll be entered into the drawing for the free oil change with pickup and drop-off from Mark Miller Direct Service. And John has been so patient and kind to wait for us through the break. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm learning patience. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quandary, double part quandary. I wasn't going to call, just content to listen. It was a wonderful show, and I get a little disappointed when it's a rerun, but nonetheless, mm. I listen every Saturday. I have a two-part quandary in that I don't know which is hardest, to convince my wife to upgrade her Subaru Outback to a 20, you know, 21 with more safety features, or to get you two guys to go to Alaska on a cruise. <laughs> Now you got to help me hey, out here. Somebody's got to give in. I'm losing with my wife. I, God, it's not it's not me. I'll go to Alaska tomorrow on a cruise and give them the opportunity. <laughs> it's Austin. You got to work out there. Uh, I got no problem with the last ships. frontier. John, make you me almost a, make me an you, offer, what, John. Make me an offer, Austin. Okay, you, you can go and carry the bags next time. All right. Okay. That sounds enticing. That, yeah. Uh, Austin, what could be tougher? You get up. You don't have to make the bed. You go to breakfast or have breakfast at the room. You go out on the deck. It's serene, pretty, gorgeous, tranquil. You go and do some activities. Then you go import, and you go into the town and have a great time. Pick up some souvenirs. Come back to a luxurious dinner. Uh, (laughs) John, are you a a cruise trip salesman? Is this John Carnival? I I could be. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't go carnival. No, no, no. No, no. Carnival, that's, that's, never mind. That's the bad guys. The bad guys. It does sound, let me tell you. It sounds more and more uh, like a good decision. I just. Oh, really? John, really it, at the same time, affordable. I think you should be upgrading your wife to a 2021 Outback. Well, well, if you can do that for me, I've been after her for three years. She has a, a 16, and she's content. And I just was able to pick up a new car. And no, it wasn't a Subaru. Unfortunately, it was a good choice, but close. Nonetheless, I can't convince her. To, I know you've even suggested you'll give her a test ride. She won't even do that. She's just That's the hard part. You can't willing. get her in the car. It's hard to get her convinced. Yes, exactly. I want to show her how many safety features and the upgrades and so on and she has, of course, the old assembly line platform. Mm. She would get the new, and I'm sure that would make a difference. So, John, here's but what we do. How do I get right? you two guys? This is, this is how we do, do it. That. No, I got you, John. Here's how we're going to do it. The next time okay. she has an oil change that needs to happen, call in. We'll do an MM Direct. Maybe you'll even win one today. You never know. <laughs> and no, when we do it, perfect. we'll do the pickup drop-off, and we'll leave her a 2021 Outback <laughs> to drive for the day. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it would take that probably <laughs> to win her over. She's See, stubborn. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're on this. We got a game plan. 
you and you have the answer. That's wonderful. Now, how do I rig this so I get to win? <laughs> well, like I said, make me an offer. No, just kidding. I don't know. Okay, I'm making you an offer. John, Seriously, thanks for you thank guys, you for listening. That's and uh, every week, and we appreciate it. I'm a loyal fan. Thank so you, sir. Get a cruise book. It's inexpensive. Go for it. If I go, right. if I go, I'm bringing you with me, John. You, you okay, sound like a fun a, time. That's a deal. And if I go again, don't ask me how many times I've been. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but it's uh, double digits. Good for you. Good for you. You okay. should be. You deserve it. Thanks, thank John. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good week. Appreciate it. Love your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, Austin, I found an article okay. on the Green Beret. Oh, okay. And his son or just him? Both of them. This okay. is recent. This is February 1st. Oh, okay. And it's in Army Times. And this is the, the father-son duo who helped Carlos Gozan escape Japan. The veteran who's accused, along with his son, of smuggling the Carlos Gozan out of Japan in a box. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they're employing U.S. officials. Right now, there's a fight between the U.S. and Japanese governments over extraditing him. Okay. Because the U.S. are the ones who got him. And they, they need to, so the Japan's want him to extradite him out there. And he feels that he'll be treated unfairly in the Japanese legal system. You don't think so, huh? Hmm. <laughs> or, you know, extraditing a guy that tried to destroy one. Who just government. mocked your entire security of your, of your nation. Yeah. Yeah, you think they're going to be angry, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. They'll put you up in a nice federal uh, uh, prison there in Japan. You'll be fine. He feels betrayed by the U.S. government because they're going to extradite him. Poor guy. Or Michael Taylor. <laughs> so the U.S. government has said, okay, you can have him. Yeah, they're saying right now, I don't think it's happened quite yet. I'm still looking for more updated articles, but I don't think I've extradited him yet, but they've agreed to extradite him. from. Bo He's in Boston right now. Wow. Dale. And they picked them up in Turkey, right? Yeah, they said they were paid at least $1.3 million. Wow. To take him out. Who gets? Who has that money now, by the way? That's a good question. you think they would have taken it or at least frozen it it's all in stashed crypto. it in switzerland somewhere or something they did it in crypto too which makes it even harder oh wow okay and how long of a sentence do you think we're we're looking at here for for michael taylor i don't know i'm trying to figure out if they japanese doesn't say in here what what he's facing over there but yeah i don't know the the rules and the laws over there i hardly know him here in regards to this but it seems and maybe Smuggling this is out of the country it can't seem like it's a good thing no and it seems like you won't have a speedy trial for such a move uh you might be held for several years before they get the wheels going on that i don't know yeah it said they've lost the extradition appeal it's they're supposed to be extradited i wonder if they're appealing well 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 here's the the moral of the story kids don't settle for 1.3 million dollars i mean don't smuggle people out of countries that's what <laughs> i mean yeah you know, uh, take people up on that <laughs> now you said you said that they smuggled him out of japan in a box and to me that sounds like a cruise a trip on a cruise ship so <laughs> basically take, they took a cruise out of japan to, <laughs> to, they went to? yeah they they went out because uh gozen is from or now lives in libya where there is no yeah, extradition like three or four passports right yeah and you can't be extradited from libya so if as long as he doesn't commit a crime in Libya against the Libyan uh, laws, he's he's there forever, and he'll he'll be he'll be there forever with he and his wife. So the movie will be fantastic. You said Sam Rockwell is playing the beret. Rockwell's playing the ber green beret. Who's playing and Gozen? 
I, I didn't say in the article, but said, and then they're having a so there's a movie that MGM is going to put out, and then on top of the movie, they're going to do a series that'll be a prequel to the movie. Wow. All right, so it won't be in the prequel because it's obviously the younger version of the guy. I wonder who's going to star as Carlos Gozan. Uh, I'm available. I'm happy to. I'm happy to do it. I'll have to get some thicker eyebrows. No, it's the guy. What's his? We we figure out who it is. It's the guy that has to play him. Oh, uh, Dan Hedaya. What's his name? From Rookie of the Year. The agent in the movie Rookie of the Year. What's his name? Oh, uh, it looks exactly like Ghostin. Oh, oh yes. What is that Hedaya, guy's name? Hedaya, what's his name? Uh, not Gary Busey. He's the he's the pitcher. Uh, not Daniel Stern. He's in that. Uh, Dan Hedaya. Yeah, Dan yeah, Hedaya. Hedaya. Yeah, that guy looks exactly like Ghostin. Was he the guy on Quantum Leap? Where do I know Dan Hedaya from? He's been in a lot of movies. Uh, he's in the Hurricane. He looks just like Carlos Gozan. Uh, totally does. He's 80 years old, so let's get going on this, MGM. Let's 80? Let's make this happen quick. <laughs> wow, that's rough. <laughs> oh, he, he, I know. He was on Cheers for years and years, Dan Hedaya. Anyway, uh, 855-340-ZONE. If you'd like to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. So far, you would have a one in three chance of winning uh, the uh, the uh, pickup and drop off full oil change service from Mark Miller Subaru. So give us a call eight five five three four zero zone. What do you love and hate about your car situation? Or you can ask a question, make a comment, tell a story, whatever you'd like to do. Eight five five three four zero zone. Do so safely though out there because Jeff, we're finally getting some snow. Although uh, we need to revisit the transportation problem up and down the canyons. It hasn't been as snowy this season, so it hasn't been on the top of top of mind. But where do we stand on fixing that issue, especially in the smaller one? And that's the hard part. I mean, go, you have to either have to do a train, you got to do it. I don't know. There's so many different ways they could do it. It's just a matter. I think didn't it come up in legislative session? I, you know, so I was just looking. There was a 2.26 billion dollar transportation proposal that is essentially just i mean they earmark so much stuff in these bills there's something from the very small roads in in rural utah all the way up to making a second track on front runner which i think is absolutely needed by the way we need and and for 11 million dollars for a bus rapid transit system in the salt lake valley which they abandoned the idea of making uh, like the, uh, another more tracks or or or, or a more uh, another front runner type system, and they're going with the rapid bus transit system because it's a cheaper and b uh, will get almost as good of a job done. But I didn't see in that two point two six billion dollar bill any mention of fixing the transportation problems up and down the canyons to the ski resorts. Which so there's a there's an article on here. For in Fox 13 did a little story on it about three weeks ago. Okay. Talking about a proposal of a nine-mile cog railway system between the mouth of the canyon and Alta. A cog railway? Yeah. What is that? So just like a cog, like just a little one-way up and down railroad. Oh, okay. All right. So essentially a gondola, but it doesn't fly above the, the, the mountain. It rides up the mountain. Got it. 
Yeah, I, mean, I guess it, it, if it's one lane, like so, just one up, one down. That one would down. be. It's kind of. It's like the. Uh, have you ever been to Magic Mountain Six Flags? Yeah. They've got that one way up the mountain uh, train ride, and then it comes back down, and but it only is one track in one way. It goes up, then down, up, then down. With ten minute headways, I don't know what that means. So this is, it could move three thousand passengers an hour up the canyon. That would help. That would do it, I think. The run would take 19 minutes to snowboard, another six minutes to alto. Boom. How much so is it right going now to cost? They say a thousand vehicles can go up the canyon in an hour in the best of circumstances. And so if a thousand vehicles are going up, how many are in each vehicle? Probably two, maybe three. Uh, so it's going to be doing at least as good, <laughs> probably a lot and, better if it's doing 3,000 an hour. And they're built for snow. They're built for going up and down things and having plows on the front of them and things like that, right? Exactly. 3,000 vertical foot lift. Wow. Does it say how much it would cost? Let's see. There's two potential alignments. One puts it on the north side of the hill, on the hilly side, and the other puts it on the south side of the hill. So a tr one track with sidings would cost $345 million. Wow. Not cheap. Not cheap at all. Um, and you also have had to build a $30 million parking structure near Lakai and buy the trains for $62 million. Wow. Wonder how. So like the total type price tag of the whole thing is about a billion dollars. Wonder how Mark Eaton feels about that parking structure by Lakai. I'm sure he wouldn't Mark hate it. Lakai. Oh, he doesn't? No, he owns. Oh, Tuscany. Tuscany. Yeah. I thought he also owned Lakai, though. No, Lakai sold to somebody for like essentially nothing a few years ago because the old owners, it was really bad. Oh, that's right. Now I Lost remember. For years, a buddy of mine was actually one of their attorneys. They're, oh my gosh, that was a horrible attorney, story. Attorneys against them. Uh, I see. Gotcha. Oh, that was a ter. Speaking of made for movies, that oh, story. Yeah. That oh. would be a crazy movie. Hey, uh, 855-340-ZONE. We've got another caller. Lynn has joined us. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. What can we help you with? I just have a question. I, well, I have other cars, but I've been a Subaru fan for quite a while, and I, I, I know they're <clears throat> potentially coming out with a electric SUV in a year or two. I just wondered if they were expanding their hybrid or plug-in hybrid to their like the Outlook or Ascend, or if that's down the road a few years. Great question. Comes up all the great time. Question. I was actually, that was on my list to bring up today. What do you so have I for us? I have a little bit of information on that. Yeah. So there's no, nothing I've heard as far as the expansion of the plug-in, which is sad. Cause I really like, I mean, I drive a plug-in every day and I love that car. Um, but we do have an announcement that the, the, the joint project between Toyota and Subaru, which was announced about a year ago, the, the estimated production start date, this, it's actually not even estimated, the scheduled production start date for that full electric SUV is March of next year. So one year. So in March of next year, we will be producing fully electric Subarus and Toyotas. Um, it will be about will the size cool? of a RAV4, Forester sized. Okay. Uh -huh. So it won't be a cent size, but it'll be, but it's on a platform that's what they call a skateboard platform, which is adjustable to up to six or seven different models. So my guess is it's just the start of more models within the next year after that. And will um, it be 
I guess it will. I guess the, will they have their own variants? Like Subaru will be different than the Toyota version. Yeah, so I think that the first versions coming out, I think will be pretty similar. There'll be a Subaru version and a Toyota version, but they'll be just rebadged with little variants, kind of uh -huh. like the BRZ was and the FR, whatever, FR? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that idea, what they did with the BRZ. But from what we're hearing, it's going to be a pretty cool call. We don't have any really of the data of what it's going to be. My, my assumption on it is it's probably about a 200 mile range car. Yeah, because if you get a lot more range, then your battery ends up being a lot heavier, right? <laughs> yeah, so I think 200 miles is would be my guess on the range on the car, but we're uh -huh. really excited about it. And it's first concrete, the first time you'll see a concept of it will be in May. Toyota's going to release a concept version of the vehicle. And then next January, okay. the actual, you'll see the real car. So, so. potentially, on that, what do you think on these other hybrid things? Do you think they'll they'll be coming out down the road or ways, or you just don't know? I think with the Biden administration being in, I mean, I think it would have changed a lot if Trump had been elected just because of the emission standards are going to be a lot higher and the requirements yeah. are going to be a lot higher. So because of that, I can't imagine, with at least in the Subaru world, I can't imagine us having at least a, a plug-in or an electric variant on every model within five or six years. Hmm. I mean, I can't so imagine that not being the case. Is a plug-in easy to do with that platform since they're doing it with the the uh, one vehicle now anyway? I think the plug-in will be That's easier to do on our current platforms than what we're building with Toyota. I think the Toyota is going to be our move towards fully electric only. I don't think they're going to be right. moving a plug-in into that platform. I think the plug-in, what we've been hoping is that you get the plug-in into the Forester and into the Outback and hopefully into an Ascent maybe. I love, I mean, the plug-in hybrid I'm driving right now, I mean, I'm getting 90 to 100 miles a gallon every tank. You've been driving that almost a, a year or maybe even over a year. I've second one. I've been, this is my second year. So I've been two years I've been driving a plug-in hybrid. Wow. I get... I generally get somewhere between 900 to 1200 miles a tank. Wow. Uh, so you're not you doing a lot of highway, yeah. The what? Go ahead, John, or Lynn, excuse me. I guess I was wondering about the highway and I assume you run enough gas through so you don't have old gas in there like they have problems with the bolt yeah. and stuff, right? So I'm, going through a, I'm going through a gas tank every couple months. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That's not bad. My brother ran into that problem. <laughs> so my brother drove a Prius plug-in for a while, and he lives in Harvardale area and works downtown. So he never used the electric. He never used the gas motor. I mean, Just, there was a point where uh -huh. I think he went nine months without filling it with gas, and that's where you get in trouble. Wow. wow. Yeah, you you almost you almost have to put a, a fuel stabilizer in or something, right? To keep it. Yeah, I mean, you almost drain the fuel. Oh, jeez. Hmm. You, put, yeah, you pop the fuel out of it and put new fuel in. <laughs> it just doesn't create the yeah. engine. So like that does become an issue on those plugins if you're too good about it. I try and be good about it. So like when I live in I live in Holiday and when I work out of the Sandy store, rather than taking the freeway mm -hmm. out there, I'll take Seventh East out hmm. so I can stay in. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to fight with the Subaru guy, not fight with them, but I'm trying to tell them because right now there's a one of the faults I think in the Subaru system is it has, and I think there might be a reason for it, but short of just saving the battery. But at 65 miles an hour, it kicks the engine on, whether it needs to oh, or really? not. At 65? So 
65. So I was like, if they could take that to 75. Yeah. And I know you're, you, you're not going to get your 19 miles, your 18 miles on the battery, but I only need to go five miles home. Like I I'll burn through my whole battery. Just let me go 75 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, I, and I, that'd be a simple computer reprogram. So I'm trying to get that done. Apparently I don't have as much power as I thought I did. <laughs> and then do you, do you have, do you just have a fast charger both at work and home to charge it up? Yeah. Both of our stores have level two chargers at them. And I have one in my garage as well. You also have solar. Yeah. Bad, it's five or 600 bucks for a level two charger. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I have solar too. So that'd be an awesome option for me as well. Cool. <laughs> I've got solar. We've got, 1200 solar panels on the stores between the two of them and i've got about 35 solar panels in my house lynn could you fit 1200 solar panels on your roof no but i have 36 oh so. that, that's not bad at all <laughs> that's, what I mean. that's good lynn. Well done. that's on the same scale yeah. as the if you do the the square footage. we have a lot of roof space at the dealerships so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah it would be so we're excited. We're excited well, though. We're excited trip. to get an electric. We actually just got an email from Subaru this week asking all of the retailers in the district what their battery capacity is and what, what do they have chargers installed yet. And we're one of the few that actually does. So we're we're pretty well prepped for it. So any idea ballpark what that electric vehicle is going to cost, or do they even know? If I had to guess on it, my guess is it's probably in the forty range. Well, and hopefully with Biden administration, maybe they'll they'll do more electric credits like, you know, they kind of done away with. I mean, you'll still the credits out there still. So you'll still get the credit for the first couple hundred thousand that the manufacturer produces. Right. I think whatever that number is. Hmm. I mean, so both of the both of the plugins I've bought over the last two years, I've gotten tax credits on. And just the plug in cross track, you get a forty five hundred dollar credit. Yeah. Why does why don't they have more of the cross checks available is it just production capacity or what so in the state of utah technically they're not available so we yeah i pulled some strings and we we made some changes on it so they would allow us to sell them so i wanted one for myself personally and kind of through that we we trained our staff and we equipped our facility to make it able to do it and uh-huh. Now the way we get them is we trade them out of California. So we call dealers in California and get them to sell them inventory. And that allows us to sell them. We've probably sold more at our Midtown store than our Southtown store. We've probably sold 15 or 20 of them. Is that though, because it's the demand is not high enough here, Jeff, for you to have it as a mainstream option. There's just not enough production. So they're only making about, and I think it even went down during the pandemic, but they were only making 500 a month. Hmm. And so oh, make a yeah, for 620 minutes. dealers, you can't give it to everybody. Yeah. So they chose to only sell it in the, in the carb states. Yeah. yeah. So that's why only the carb dealers got it. This car, just to tell you, it has been announced. It will be a 50 state electric car. There's no, it's not going to be carb. Oh, state cool. And the first year production on it's 13,000. So that's a lot better than what we got on the plugins. So you're talking a thousands, so you're talking one or two per month per store, which isn't too bad. Yeah, I think yeah, our demand's going to be a lot higher than that. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks for your thanks for the information. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lynn. 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. Michael, John, and Lynn so far are in the drawing. So you have a one in four chance if you're our next caller. 855-340-ZONE. Ask a question. Answer our poll question. What do you love and hate about your car? 
or tell us a story or make a comment, 855-340-ZONE. On the other side, we'll talk about some more of these uh, bills and proposals that some have failed and some are close to failing and some are close to passing regarding cars here in the state of Utah. Five days, working days left in the legislative session. Uh, we'll get to some of those on the other side right here on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Final half hour here this week on Utah Car Sense. I'm Austin Horton here with Jeff Miller of Mark Miller Subaru. Find them at 3535 South State or in the Southtown Auto Mall down there on Auto Mall Drive on State Street as well. 855-340-ZONE if you would like to be part of the show. Go ahead, Jeff. So I was reading through, I was trying to read this in. We talked about the state legislator closing and trying to look and see what, what bills are out there that are going to affect the automotive industry, right? Yeah. Guess what part of the state budget is? Uh, what? What we talked about earlier, and our math was exceptional. There is part of the new state budget is a $550,000 program to restart sending postcards to vehicle owners reminding well, them to well, renew their well. registration. Look at you on your math skills there, Jeff. Five hundred fifty grand is a good guess. You nailed it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like you've been paying taxes your whole life. <laughs> but it's coming back. Business. We're getting our postcards back. Oh, hooray. I'll be able to uh, remember to register my car. Uh, it's seriously, it, it, nothing makes me feel uh, more wasteful than the need for those postcards, but I absolutely need them because I, for two years now, have just ignored the emails that have been coming my way. So. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> hey, uh, before we dive back into more of those, we do have some phone calls. 855-340-ZONE. Nick is joining us on the phone. Hi, Nick. Hi, how's it going? Good. What's going on, buddy? So I was calling in. Uh, I came in halfway through the last segment, but uh, we just had our third child. We drive a 2009 Honda Accord, and we are ha struggling to get three car seats <laughs> across the back of the Accord. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so we were wondering, I was wondering about your uh, Subarus, how wide they are in the back. So it gets close. So depending on the size of the child seat, trying to fit three car seats across any second row is generally difficult. As yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Makes sense. You really have to get into a third row vehicle most of the time if you have three kids in. We're talking about if you have the full big baby car seats. If you're talking about the little like booster chairs, you can get three booster chairs across an Outback easily. I've done it a lot. I've got three yeah. kids. Are these th are these triplets, Nick? That are all the same size? Oh, thank goodness, no. Okay. I got four, two, and baby. <laughs> oh wow, okay. well that's so, not much yeah, better. Your four-year-old's pretty close to being in booster seat. Yeah, he's gonna get in there eventually. Yeah, so at that point, you, you'd probably be okay getting into an outback-sized vehicle. The in the Subaru world, where we're generally, which saved us, is when we came out with our Ascent. So our Ascent's our third, our three-row vehicle, and that it works great for a family of five. Okay, awesome. And well, it's what my, so my, my, my wife drives every day. We've got a seven, eight, and nine-year-old. I would uh, I would recommend doing the rental program there at Mark Miller Subaru. Rent an Ascent for a weekend or something and put the car yeah. seats in and drive it around town see if you like it. Totally. Not a bad idea. Yeah. All right, Nick. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, three car seats in the <laughs> back so of an Accord. Uh, not, yeah, three not car seats in the back of an Accord aren't going to work. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, no. You're going to have to test it. 
Thanks for the call, Nick. 855-340-ZONE from Nick to our friend Don. Don, good to talk to you, good, buddy. Good good afternoon. Yes, sir. Almost. Almost there, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, two things I like about my car, my van, and one thing I don't like. The first of all, the thing I don't like about is that on the AM and FM button on my radio, stereo, I can't see it when I'm driving. I have to kind of look over. Or kind of guessed it's a really button, really hard to to change from that from AM and FM. It's it's not very well designed. And of course, you're not changing the 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 station. It's always on ninety seven five FM and twelve eighty AM. You're just saying right, the FM true. AM, yeah. Favorite favorite show. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. And then my thing I like about my van is that. It's got a V10 and it's red van, and I'm a Utah fan, so I paint the town red all the time. <laughs> and Don, you're a, you are a professional painter. People need to yeah. don't want to miss the joke on yeah. that. So, <laughs> right, that's great. Oh, so, thanks, Don. Thanks okay. for calling in, buddy. All right, good to hear from okay, you. Bye. A V10, Jeff. That sounds fun. That sounds like it uses a lot of gas. I, that and uh, I want to drive it. <laughs> I want to see <laughs> see what fun. this baby can do out there painting the town red. I was thinking about the third child. I think you can get three car seats across an 09 Accord, but you might break your hand doing it. And the, the kids are going to kill each other. That's the other. And I'm not making a joke. Well, about killing each other, I am. But it, you need some space between the children. You just do. That's not good. Get the ascent with the captain seats even. Yeah, so you've got that easy to get to the third row for sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about a bill that has been sent back to the Rules Committee for a second straight legislative session. In Utah, the most recent uh, data they have to work with was in 2018, where there were 5,700 uh, uh, crashes, and more than 9% of them were due to distracted driving. Those crashes left 18 people killed and another 3,100 injured. So, Representative uh, Spackman, uh, I've misplaced uh, her first name. Uh, uh, sorry, oh, Carol. Carol Spackman yeah. Moss uh, mm -hmm. has proposed a, a, a rule, a law, that would ban the use of cell phones, laptops, anything. You could not touch that while the car is uh, in, in drive. You could not hold the phone to make a call. You could not uh, touch the laptop. You could not touch anything, uh, a drink, nothing, while the car was in drive to help, uh, you know, fix the distracted driving problem. Right now, currently in Utah, it's legal to pick up the phone, dial, and then set it back down. You cannot drive actively holding a phone. Is that correct, Jeff? Am I right on that? That is, that is true. So this would then take it a step further and say you can't even touch the phone at all while driving. Uh, I have, for years now, been dedicated to the It Can Wait campaign, and meaning whatever, whatever it is, a phone, a drink, a burger, uh, a text message, it can wait till you're it's where you need to go. The easiest thing the government can do to save lives. Right. Well, it, uh, it, it was defeated, though. Uh, not defeated. That's the wrong word. It was sent back to the Rules Committee. So barring any miraculous turnaround in the last five days of this of the session, it looks like two years in a row that the, the distracted driving bill will just stay as is in uh, the Utah law books. 
which is horrible. I mean, we, it's so bad. You know what the, the arguments against it are hilarious. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Jeff, is I, it seems like an open and shut case. What is the reasoning for defeating this? So Carol Spackamoss, she's wonderful, actually. She's actually my house representative Okay. and holiday, but she, um, they, here's the quote that's in one of the articles against it. I just worry that I'm going to be restricted from holding, you know, a hamburger, a soda, my wife's hand. I don't know where it stands. And for that reason, I support the motion to move it back to the rules committee, said Representative Michael Peterson. Yeah, well, I don't know about- They're going to, they're going to keep me from eating lunch while I drive too. <laughs> what did the forefathers <laughs> die for? <laughs> right? Like, drive your car. Like, it's, like we have policies with our employees. Like if our employees are driving a customer car or driving the parts truck or driving any company vehicle, they're not allowed to make a phone call even on hands-free. We ask them to pull over to the side of the road and, and have a conversation. Uh, in fact, Jeff, I've had that experience with a concierge of yours uh, yeah. that had a hard time finding our home. And they, they called and I, I even said, it doesn't sound like you're on your way. And they said, oh, that's because I've pulled over to call you. And I thought, oh, well, that the makes policy that if we're, if we're going to have a conversation while we're driving a car, we park. And I mean, I, I mean, I use my hands free. So everything on mine is hands-free. So I don't pick up a phone or anything like that. It's all through the car system. But yeah. not everybody has cars that are capable of that. And that's right. understandable. But it's a massive problem in this state. Is that, that something? That's a simple hands-free law. Yeah. Where we start crying, it's a crime against freedom. No, that we've crossed a line here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is not... Uh, infringing on any freedoms it's saving lives is what it's Pull doing. over to the side of the road and make your phone call if it's that important or you eat can wait your hamburger minutes. while stationary or, or, or spend the 15 dollars to get yourself a hands-free cord for your cell phone that i was just going to say is this something that should be federally mandated that all new vehicles should have hands-free capabilities and it's getting there anyway. I mean, it's like anything else. Right. I mean, who's going to pay for a new car that doesn't have it? But yeah. Almost all cars are going to be Bluetooth capable in the next five years. I, I can't, I don't, there's not a, you can't buy a Subaru that's not Bluetooth capable. Yeah. Like, I don't know with the other manufacturers, but I, it's such a mainstream thing now that I hope the laws eventually catch up to it. Yep. Uh, by the way, speaking of distracted driving, than anything. it's the, it's not the making phone calls, it's no. people writing texts. Right. And we had a, we had a listener on the big show this week who was tweeting at us and, uh, then later admitted that they had been pulled over while <laughs> tweeting at us because they were driving while tweeting at us. Dumbest, dumbest thing you could ever do. Don't do that. We love the interaction. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you living though. And Do not we, anger tweet at the big show while driving. <laughs> well, he got pulled over, and he you, he told – this is his story anyway. I guess I should say his or her story. Uh, they told the police officer that they were tweeting the big show, and the police officer let them go. What? Which – Look at the power of 1280 to zone. Which I, I'm really, really, really torn on. Because you get, you get let go if you're tweeting Utah car sense. That's well, that's that kind of I want. I, I'm happy that this listener doesn't have to pay a ticket, but I'm also like, ooh, I, I wish he would have said, well, since you're listening to the big show, you have to pay a ticket so that our listeners would be more responsible. 
That's uh, so I'm torn on it, Jeff. Now I'm all your really listeners think they have a good idea. That's uh, what's right? what that's my worry. Yes. Yeah. They can't they can't yeah, all go, they're, I'm they're, Gordon Monson, but they can all go, I'm listening like to children. Gordon Monson. Yeah. Yep, you gotta you learn your lesson. Gotta learn it. Hey, another bill that was uh, defeated has electric vehicle owners in the state happy. The yep. idea that they were going to have their registration fee increased, uh, the, the bill would have increased six-month and yearly registration fees for owners of e electric vehicles. It was going to be a big increase, too. I can't remember. It was going to be hundreds of dollars, though. This, of course, out of the, uh, the idea that since they're not paying gas tax, they're not helping the roads be paid for, Jeff, but that was defeated. Your response? I think that anything this anything the state can do to encourage people to buy electric cars is better for the state. And I mean, it's never been a popular opinion of what I've always thrown out, but I've always, I mean, I've been pretty consistent, I think, since we started this show that I think gas prices are too cheap. Mm. And I think that part of what it is is that, and it's the reason that we don't push it, the technology doesn't get pushed fast enough to save our air because it's cheap to buy gas. Gas is a very cheap commodity in the grand scheme of things of what it is in other countries. When you go to Europe, you're not paying two bucks a gallon. Yeah. You're paying seven, eight, it's by a liter, but you're paying a lot more money because they tax it like crazy. And they do it because they want to encourage people to either drive less or buy technologies with better gas mileage. So, uh, to that end, what role or what uh, level of responsibility is it on the manufacturer to improve the range of electric vehicles? Is it so? Where does you, where do you sit on that? Because I'm with you. Gas prices oh, is vital. a factor, but for me, it's, it's actually more. It's, oh, it's more for me. I need a better range. They need to get the range, and they need to get the charging faster. Right. Right. So it's got to be able to quick charge, where you can get half your battery back in a short period of time. Right. There's got to get some quick charge capability where you can do kind of like a go into a gas station and get a five minute charge. Yes. Right. I mean, there needs to be something where you can get to a gas station, plug in for five minutes and at least get 50 percent of your battery back. Right. Right. There needs to be something like that. And that's the technology they're working on. it. It's coming. Trust me. Yeah, I've seen. And, some and you've things. got to, You've got to have these cars get at least two, three hundred miles in range. Yeah, I've seen some things, including like. Uh, grab and go where the, instead of charging a battery, you get a fresh battery that's already charged and they just take your battery and charge it for the next person. Uh, mm -hmm. but I, I, I think that's more of a bandaid, frankly, than a permanent fix as far as yeah, infrastructure trying to, goes. I'm trying to get a good, I can't get the Intel on it, but there's rumors that the battery technology that's going to be going to the Toyota Subaru. And I am not saying this is out there. There's no, I have no facts behind this from any manufacturer, but it might be solid state technology. Wow. That would be amazing. Which would be incredible. It, uh, just for the uh, amateur scientists like myself, solid state. Go ahead. Tell me what it is. Instead of doing liquid or a volatile moving battery, mm -hmm. like a lithium battery, thing like that a solid state's a solid structure essentially. So it, it's more reliable. It charges faster. There's a lot of really strong benefits to it, but none of it's public. We are just kind of hearing inklings through the grapevine. What, how, that seems like such a leap uh, from, from where we are. That's why I think Toyota's taken so long to get in this game. I think that's why. They just, they want it. Instead of doing a few renditions before that, they're like, well, why don't we just jump to that? That's the rumor anyway. Well, because they, they, 
it's crazy that Toyota being the leader, right, in the world of hybrids. I mean, they started the Prius. They were the first ones in the game, really, everything like that. And it kind of seems like they just kind of paused, right? Yeah. For decades, where they did they did some plugins and they they did a good job, but that you would have expected them to be the first one out there, right, in the world of full electric vehicles. Yes. Yes. Toyota, you, you're speaking. The idea that. is when you can get solid state. So the benefits are is probably you might be able to get over 300 miles of range. You can get it to charge faster, 10 minute charge, no bulky heating and cooling systems that you need for a non-solid state battery. It maintains its charge capacity for thousand cycles. <laughs> so you're not, that's the problem with all these batteries is like on a, on some of the leaps, it may be able to go 50 miles or 90 miles, whatever it is when you buy it. Yeah. But by the time it's a hundred thousand miles, it's going 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause they wear out the batteries. That's so just, yeah, yeah. that's the idea of this. That's the promise of a solid state car battery. And the rumor is that's what you might be seeing in this Toyota Subaru, which would be incredible. That'd be great. Fingers crossed that that's, uh, that's stuff a real you talk thing. about. It's the longer range, the 10 minute charge where you can do a 10 minute charge up to 75% would be incredible. If it is true, uh, the rest of the electric vehicle industry is on notice. Because uh, why would you buy other uh, a different one <laughs> if you've got a solid state one as an option? This is why Subaru partnered with Toyota. Yeah. Hey, and they're building they're building these together, and it's going to be a partnership that hopefully is going to be great for both of our companies. While we're on the the idea of range and gas mileage and, and gas efficiency, did you see what Porsche came out and is claiming about their their new uh, invention. In, in a recent interview with Evo Magazine, Porsche or Porsche Vice President of Motorsport and GT Cars, Doctor Frank Walliser, says that synthetic fuels or e-fuels can reduce the carbon dioxide emissions of existing ICE cars by as much as eighty-five percent. And he says, when you account for the wheel-to-well impact of manufacturing the EV. It's a wash. So Porsche is claiming electric vehicles on the market currently, uh, excuse me, their their e-fuels or uh, 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 synthetic fuel Porsches are equal in performance and impact on the environment to the current electric vehicles on the market. Wow. Did I? That was a really muddy way of saying that. He's essentially saying whether you buy a Prius or a Porsche with e-fuel, you're doing the same impact on the environment. Do you do you believe that? For some reason, immediately I go, that seems fishy. That seems really fishy to me. Yeah. It seems really fishy. And it's interesting when you talk about e-fuel versus what it is, right? I mean, you're talking about the other idea that Toyota's put a lot of money into hydrogen. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But it seems like Toyota, it really, they put their money in both bets. And they're going to see which bet works better. Well, if they can get this solid state battery thing, it will be the future. Yeah. And the, it, yeah. So the biggest argument, I got a better article here from a website that focuses on a Toyota, what Toyota does. And so a lithium ion battery, what they call is what uses an aqueous electrolyte solution. So there's a liquid in it, right? An electrolyte liquid that goes through the batteries. So the problem with that is that it takes cooling, heating. You got to maintain temperature on those batteries because of the liquid. If it leaks, it, causes, it can cause fires. So it's a lot more dangerous and it takes longer to charge because you're charging all the liquid throughout all the batteries. Mm. 
So the idea of the solid state battery is it cuts the recharge time by two thirds. And it can extend the driving distance in a vehicle because it doesn't take as much space. It doesn't weigh as much and it doesn't take up the space where you can have a compact vehicle that has all these batteries in it. And the, if we see it, we'll see it in May. This May? Wow. We won't see it. it the concept prototype of that vehicle at auto shows will be in May. Wow. So you'll hear a lot more of this in the next few months and we'll keep our listeners informed on it. But, and, and the nice thing too, is that the supply chain issues aren't as bad because you don't need the electrolytes yes. and the lithium. Yep. That, that solves a problem right there in and of itself. Yep. Jeff, that's going to do it for this week's edition. We uh, will be back though in uh, one week's time next Saturday. We're headed into the all-star break. At the NBA season and Maybe even uh, live together, I might be able to see the studio again. We are fingers crossed. Uh, you know that I'll see you in the flesh next week. Fingers crossed. Don't want to jinx it. Yeah, he's Jeff Miller. Uh, have a good week, buddy. Wait, wait, we got to do our drawing. Oh yeah, we got five callers. You've got them. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've so got them. Pause. pause the cancel. <laughs> we you've got them listed in a random I'm order. I'm adding, num- I'm adding numbers on them right now. So three. Brian, two, pick us a number between one and five. Yeah, I got numbers on them. Let's go with number three, Brian Russell. Okay, flying Brian. Number three, Brian Russell, one of my favorite jazz players ever, and my favorite number as well. John is the winner who called about the Quanji and his wife to upgrade to the Outback. And you swear to me that that is on the up and I up? Swear it's number three. I will send you a <laughs> screenshot of my thing right now. I'm going to text this to Austin so he can hold it. There's actually a three next to John. I'm not we're around. I'm texting so, it to you right now. So okay? John wins a free pickup drop-off oil change, and I win a free cruise to Alaska. I love it. I love it. In order to get your oil change, you have to bring Austin to Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, have a good week, man. I'll talk to you later. He's Jeff Miller for Brian Priest. I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back next week on Utah Carson's.